So I think we have a couple uh, victory laps that we need to take, Julio. I think we should start the, this week's pot off with that. You have a, a big one, which um, whatever you know, I don't. I don't necessarily agree. He had one good week and a half, but I'll let you. No, take the floor no. First. Well, we didn't even talk about it last week. Like for some reason, just completely went over ahead. That's but, true. That's um, true. So it, if you had done it last week, it would have been pretty prime and fresh. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't talk about Pujols signing with the Dodgers last week, which yeah. are bad. But I will say when we did our pod a couple weeks ago about him getting cut, I, I said I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to the Dodgers because of their lack of bench right now. And lo and behold, there he is. And he had a really good week. That first week he had a really good week. With the, with yeah, the I, honestly. I know, I know a few Dodger fans that were like bragging about it, like, how did, how did the Angels get rid of this guy? And that, I was like, shut the fuck that up. That sounds very. You don't, sh- watch, you don't watch baseball. That sounds very slatterish. Schlatterish. I the Schlatters might have said it. I don't think they. No, it that. wasn't them. But that sounds like something he would yeah, say. If he yeah. went to the Yankees, like, bro, look, look out, look. He just handed like nothing. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but whatever, it doesn't matter. And then yours, lame. Oh, and mine is big game, James. Three starts in a row, three wins, dominating performances. Uh, we're get, we're gonna get in more. In I'll get more into it during the A's news, but. The dude has been fucking crushing it. I said he was going to be a major key, um, uh, major piece to the future of this team. He's, I think he's locked his spot as a starter in this rotation. Not even just the, this season, but for years to come. I, I think that he could potentially be the third best pitcher in our rotation with the young guys. With, you know, obviously behind Lazardo and Manaya moving forward. But I think he can be the third best guy. We don't know what's going to happen with Puck. But he looks so good, and I'm so happy for him, especially with the ups and downs. I'm just happy that we got a good piece out of the, out of the, Sunny Gray trade because it was looking brutal at first. That's right, man. But well, we're gonna have to talk about this a lot because I think it's gonna be a big thing about the rest of the year, and also gonna be a big thing for the rest of the pod. With that being said, welcome everybody to the town tailgate. Welcome to the town tailgate. Uh. As part of the Around the Diamond Podcast Network. Again, very excited to be a part of their network. Um, do not forget to subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcast, whether that be Spotify, Apple, uh, whether you watch us on YouTube, uh, Google Play, all that jazz, all wherever you want two it, of we you got it. On Google Play. All two on two of you on Google Play. Yeah, I looked at our analytics, majority overwhelming is from Apple. Um and follow us on Twitter because we tweet funny things about the A's. Also, uh, shout out to the people on your shirt, Oaklandish. Gave yeah. a, they gave us a follow. Oakland, awesome. they did. Hey, Oaklandish. By the way, if you want to send me free shit, I will wear the fuck out of it. Oh, during same this here. Podcast. I'll throw it. Up. Yeah. If you got pet stuff, I'll throw it on the the cats. It'll, they'll be they'll love it, man. Can I give a quick shout out to the person who gave me this hat? My boss, Gotham Chopra. He got he's friends with Steph Curry, so he got these limited edition Ooh. Curry brand Masters hats from this year, only this year from uh, cause Lee Elder um, is the first black man to ever play at the Masters. He played the first Masters in or he played his first Masters in nineteen seventy five. Um, so Steph wanted to put out limited edition hat this year and he Gotham got me one, so I'm gonna wear the shit out of it. So, so yeah. I'll be honest, when you posted that on Instagram my first thoughts were, I didn't know you were that big of a fan of the 1975. I'm that big of a fan of golf. No, but I thought that was a band, the band, like you're wearing the band shirt, that band hat. Oh, that's a band. <laughs> oh, dude, they're awesome. They're great. Love them. It's all in Santa Barbara. The one, uh, before we go into the t- show though, a uh, quick little side tangent. I saw them with Ronnie. Um, yeah. And uh, his girlfriend, can't remember the name off the top of my head, but, um, <laughs> We saw them at the Santa Barbara Bowl. In this podcast, I've only met her once. I'll be honest. I that's that, okay. that's about that's all, all right. me. That's fair. Um, that's fair. But we saw them at the Santa Barbara Bowl, okay. and the 1975. They're like, uh, I'd say they're more like pop rock, but then they do like a lot of different genre stuff. Anyways, majority of the people there were like in their late teens, and it was really weird that Ronnie and I, two guys in there. Late twenties, early thirties, we're at this show. But is this like a younger band? No, they're 
the guy, the band, the guys are like our age. Like the lead singer is the same age as me. It's just that's what I mean. Like they're not like like they're not from the year like the decade of the seventies. They're like they're just called the nineteen seventy five. They're like current band. Okay. Yeah. I've never but heard of the fun, best part about that show though, I've never been to a concert with such a short beer line. Because <laughs> everybody was underage. It was us. It was us and the dads. <laughs> it was awesome. And you guys were probably vibing out with the dads, huh? Just like just the, the dads just, are like, just sitting there, just like. Yeah. 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 That's what's up. That's what's up. All right, let's hop into the big three. So, um, biggest story of the week this week, obviously one of three, but the biggest story this week is Cardinals manager Mike. How do you say his last name? Mike Schilt. Schilt. Um, had an altercation, gets thrown out of a game in a game uh, two nights ago. Um, apparently, umpire Joe West noticed um, on uh, starting pitcher Giovanni, what's his last name? Giovanni Guy. I was going to say Gallegos. It's no. something like that. But that's Anyways, go on, go on. Yeah, Giovanni Gallegos. That was right. It is Gallegos. Okay, Giovanni Gallegos, starting pitcher, notices that on his hat, like on his bill, there's a little bit of miscoloration um, kind of in the center. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm kind of pointing in the center of my hat, which a lot of uh, pitchers have because their hands get dirty. They like to touch their hat and adjust it before they pitch. It's a pretty common thing. Um, turns out it was, um, in particular, um, from sunscreen because they play out in the sun. So Giovanni doesn't want to burn. So he puts sunscreen on his body all the time and he doesn't think about it. And he goes out there and goes pitches. Um, Joe, uh, I think it was, uh, one of the coaches actually said something to Joe West and Joe West comes over, tells Giovanni he needs to, um, remove his hat and needs to be careful because he can see that there's substances <coughs> on his hat. Um, that he could potentially use to, you know, improve his performance pitching. Um, they explained to him the situation. They explained to Joe West. The, um, uh, wow, Ann Whitney is very loud back there. Um, they explained to him the uh, the situation. Um, uh, Giovanni and and Mike Sch Schmilt, whatever Schilt, um, that you know he just had some sunscreen on. He doesn't change his hat all season because it's like a you know how baseball players they are very um, superstitious, so they like to like you know use the same uh, uh, baseball cap all season. They like to um, it's just you know it's part of their regiment. So he like a lot of pitchers like Eric Gagne is a good example. His hat was disgusting at the end of the season. He uses the same hat all season. Joe West is not having it. He does not believe it. He's being very strict to the rules. This is a very old umpire, by the way. And he tells him, um, I don't know if he says that he can't pitch in the game anymore. He but made he, him. He made him switch hats. Yeah. So how the whole and, thing started was Mike Schilt went out there and he was like, "Well, screw it. Here's my hat. Like, just give him my hat." And that's it. Mm -hmm. Kind of just went into this whole altercation, and he got ejected for it. My, uh, Mike Schilt did. Yeah, because I, I don't think yeah. Janavati Gallegos got ejected, but because Mike Schilt was pissed off that this entire encounter was even happening, so he goes on his put and he's um, he's about to explain why he goes to the post game interview and he explains that he's very upset with Major League Baseball because they're picking and choosing which rules they want to enforce and which rules they don't. So Giovanni Gallegos. For some reason, Joe West decides in this specific game that he wants to enforce the rules on banned substances when you're pitching. It's been a rule around. It's been a rule for a while. No big deal. But when it comes to other pitchers who are a lot bigger names, who are you know like bringing in viewers to watch games and who are obviously um, getting some kind of in, uh, enhancement in their performance and their pitching, cough cough. Trevor Bauer, whose rotations are the highest that Major League Baseball has ever seen on his fastball. He pitches his, – his ball spins – it's like 20 times faster than any – like not 20 times, like 10 times faster than most Major League Baseball uh, pitchers. And it's also like 10, 20 times faster than um, two seasons ago. Anyway, that's besides the point. Um, but they don't want to check up on his – his situation. I don't want to go through his locker room and find out what's going on, but they want to check up on Giovanni Gallegos. It's you know he has every right to bitch, in my opinion. Who I'll let you go, then and then we. Yeah. Go. So here's the exact quote from uh, Mike Schultz. He said, "This is baseball's dirty little secret, and it's wrong time and wrong arena to expose it." Here's the deal. First of all, Giovanni wears the same hat all year. Hats accrue dirt. Hats accrue substances. 
which um, I'm not a scientist, but I think that's true. Uh, did Geo have some sunscreen at some point on his in his career to make sure he doesn't get some sort of melanoma? Possibly, which, you know, you play baseball in the sun. The sun could give you cancer from being out too long. Totally, totally valid thing yeah. to put on your body. <laughs> Does he use rosin to help out? Possibly. But hey, there's no rule against rosin. Mm-hmm. Are there these things that baseball really wants to crack down on? No. Um, it, 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 it's just a, the weirdest timing to do this all. Uh, Joe, and you, you mentioned it. Joe West is a veteran uh, umpire. He actually just set the MLB record for the most games umpired, which is 5,376. So um, congrats to him. You know, longevity in any job is pretty great. That being He's still a shit umpire. Yeah, that, be, that being it. yeah, that being said, uh, I'm guessing he didn't get the celebration he wanted yesterday, so he decided to do it today. Um, it's just a really weird time to pull that. We've historically this has happened before. I think about when um, the super famous George Brett home run with pine tar on the bat, and they called it out, even though you know. Even though he did have too much pine tar, nobody ever called it kind of thing. Yeah. It was just kind of a bullshit time to pull pull it. Especially, you've hit all the points that we really need to talk about with this. There are players who are were average. You know, Trevor Bauer up until two years ago was just a 2-3 in the rotation pitcher. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a bad pitcher by any means, but nobody ever expected him to, you know, blow up like this. I think what's... I think what baseball is scared of is not the Trevor Bowers of the world, but what's going to happen if we find out that like guys like Max Scherzer or like um, I don't think Kershaw because he's lost a lot of velo on his pitches over the years, or like Justin Verlander. All these guys have been you know the last ten years some of the best pitchers in baseball. What if we find out? Oh yeah, these guys have been using the same substances. So I yeah, but it's at the point now where. I feel like every episode or every other episode, we talk about the CBA. And that, that this is just another talking point, man. Like, we have this huge problem. Um, we've had, what, six no-hitters so far into the season. And it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon, even though one didn't happen this week yet. Knock on wood. And this is just giving me another talking point. It's it. I mean, you you hit it on the head with like every other week. It feels like every week we're bitching about like two things: how baseball doesn't get it, and they like like the the front office doesn't get it, and they don't know how to make their game more popular and more interesting. And two, uh, umpires are just like so like I, I they the worst officiating baseball. It's like, or in, in sports, like we're constantly bitching about umpiring or officiating. And then we're constantly bitching about, um, old people not knowing what the fuck they're doing in, in ruining the game. It's just like, it's, it's, it's going to be a constant theme until there's some major changes in this game. And right, think about, on. well, before we move on too, um, just think about, you know, steroids in the nineties. We know there are, there's multiple guys in the hall of fame who were using steroids during that time. Yeah. But Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, Rafael Palmeiro will the fall guys for it. How do we know that other, you Jeff know, Bagwell? I, yeah, I, yeah, I was almost at him first too, but or how do we know that like Frank Thomas or you know Griffey or any anybody from the nineties? Jeff Bagwell, Jeff Bagwell got in the Hall of Fame and he he was known steroid. <laughs> yes, allegedly, but like you know, sure. when 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 do we want to stop? When do we want to? put that line down because it's like are you going to have somebody be the fall guy is Trevor Bauer going to have to eventually be the fall guy for Max Scherzer and Kershaw because they're going to be Hall of Famers yeah who knows um all right so quick little thing um and we'll move on to the next thing um a couple sweeps um in the month of May so far the Dodgers swept the Giants um which a very fun and rude awakening for those Giants fans out there. I mean, look, I I told some of you. Um, someone even said that I was a moron for not thinking the Giants could um, win the division this year. It's, it's not happening. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe a wild card spot. 
Um, they look good. I'm not hating on them. Just you know, they're not better than Dodgers, Padres. Um, and the Yankees sweep the White Sox. Very rude awakening for the for the White Sox. Um, their fans lost their shit and started like fighting people. That was in the, uh In the bleachers, it was very interesting. You know, just South Side Chicago. Um, um but yeah, uh, take that, Tony Larissa. Also, before we go on, I actually got a a, a, a fuck Tony Larissa story of the week. And this comes from a beat writer out in Chicago that there is a lounge called the Loretta's Lounge in Lounge. Yeah, wow. it, it's a it's a bar that they have at the White Sox Stadium. But she worked concessions for sixty years, and that they dedicated it to her during the two thousand five World Series. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they changed it to Larusa's Lounge. Oh, that's f- that's fucking lame! Yeah. Wow. Wow! Really? Wow! That is super fucking lame. He's been there for sixty games. But yeah, yeah. Just wanted okay. to give that to you. But uh, hey, right. we got a, a kind of a a name that we know got traded. First one, yeah. Of the year. Willie Willie Adamas got traded to the Brewers. So this is a very interesting story because he was a starting shortstop for the Rays, but. As Julio pointed out to me before this podcast, the Rays have the number one prospect in all of baseball. And guess what position he plays? Shortstop. Um, So I think they just saw that there was better talent in their system and they just wanted to start riding it. I think, you know, it probably was a contract thing, Julio. It was probably part of the, you know, the whole CBA thing. Whereas, like, if he's not on the open day roster, we don't, you know, we get an extra like three years of arbitration. That's probably what it was. Here's Um, the only thing I can think of. Well, here's the thing. Um, they also have like two shortstops in their farm system that are on the top 100, I think. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's what I was gonna get into. So Wander Franco is the guy we're thinking of. Um, yeah. He did not. He's not getting called up though, um, which was okay. interesting because he's absolutely demolishing the ball right now. Is he playing in AAA though? He's playing in AAA and he's ju- hmm. he's he's killing it right now. Um, let me see if I can pull up his exact stats. Uh, 2001. I he's going to play short uh, Okay, slow down a little bit, but he started off the season extremely hot. Um, he's in 276, two home run, or three home runs, 13 RBIs. Uh, but right now, the guy to watch out for is going to be Taylor Walls. Uh, I, so he's going to play short? Yeah, he's going to be playing short right now. He did get called up. Uh, he hasn't done anything yet. But mm-hmm. it, I think this is a really... To, to take a step back and not look at the race situation because it seems like anytime you trade at the race, you're going to lose because they're just really smart at what they do. Um, I think this is a great deal for the Brewers. They're pretty hurt right now. Um, Who's their current sh- shortstop? I can't think of it off the top of my head. I was going to say Colton Wong. Like, nope, he's second. No, yeah, he plays second. Uh, it's not that important. Travis I mean, Shaw. It sounds like. No. Daniel Robertson. Uh, oh no, Luis Arias. Okay. Yeah, it's, in other words, they didn't. Which have, one is it, dude? <laughs> yeah, in other words, they didn't have a really solid shortstop, and now Daniel Dom- Robertson, former Oakland great, also played for in the Rays system too. So that's interesting. Uh, but now they have somebody that can play out there every day. Uh, Willie, yeah. he's been he was hitting below two hundred in in the season. Um, who knows? maybe a world series hangover thing, but I think majority of teams would take something like him at short. He's not, he's got like, okay, pop. It's kind of hit for like two fifty two seventy something. Um, yeah. He would have, if I would have known they were going to trade a shortstop, he would have been great in Oakland. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Even though Elvis I is playing much better. I got to say that, but he's playing better. I would have rather had a younger shortstop, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. Hey, he's only, he's only 26, but um, yeah. on the race side. Yeah, man, they're not going to, they're not going to slow down. They're all these young guys are finally going to come up. No, this isn't. There's nothing for it's. It is what it is. Um, all right, let's move on to the third thing. Um, so we have a fun little um, home run race going on between two um, youngsters, two um, Latino <laughs> youngsters, um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Jr. and Raul Acuna. Um, I think they both have fifteen. Yeah, six. Kind of 15. 16. Well, actually, the other guy who's also in the lead, and I'm very pissed about, is Adonis 
Garcia. He's the rookie outfielder for the Rangers. The reason I'm really pissed is because I had him on my team for a hot minute, and I'm like, I I don't need him anymore, and I dropped him. And now it's someone else reaping the. And now he's in. Now he's partially leading the league in home runs. Yeah. Also, Shohei Otani's in that conversation too, but um, I think he's one behind. But also not far behind too, Matt Olson. He's only like three behind. Sure. All right. Well, we'll see if he gets back up there. Um. So that's gonna do for the big three. Let's move on. Oh, to eight. oh wait. That, oh, what? That's it? No. Come on. You got We just got. Okay. What more do you want to say about well, it? I mean, these are so so. Okay. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. Acuna. Acuna oh, let me finish. Oh, oh, Acuna oh. is arguably the best player in baseball. Okay. I think everybody who watches baseball knows that. So no one should be surprised about that. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It feels like he's on a, a highlight reel on social media every fucking day. He's getting more publicity than any baseball player I've ever known because his last name is Guerrero. I mean, mean, you look at his stats, he's hitting like 230. He just hits a lot of bombs. Like, you know, all right, let me see a full season. We'll see what's up. I mean, you could say the same thing for Otani, no? And if you look at at baseball, if you look at baseball as a whole right now, batting average is just... Wait, you said he's dude. He's hitting three thirty seven. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yes. Hold on. It just All pulled right. it up three thirty seven. What did he hit last year? It was, it was terrible last year. What did he hit the year before that? It was his rookie year. Look, I'm gonna say it's look. We've heard a lot of hype about this guy. He's, he's been hyped because obviously because his dad is you know one of the best outfielders of the last twenty years. He's all of famer. And he was then a one prospect in baseball for a couple of years, and it just took some time. So what happened in the offseason? He cut down weight. He worked down, you know, just more fundamentals. And what's happening now? He's leading the league in he's leading baseball in home runs. He's leading baseball in RBIs. He's leading baseball in slugging percentage. He's leading baseball in OPS. So all I'm saying is like, it's tight that it's look. I understand it's the last name, but we can also say, okay, tell me about Tony Gwynn Jr. Well, tell me about. Uh, a lot of legacy players. None of these guys. It takes uh, just because you have a last name doesn't mean you're going to have that talent, man. No, I get it. I just I'm not going to flip out about it two months into a season because his last name is Guerrero. Like that's mace. That's basically why. I mean, he's got a lot of talent, but but they're flipping out about his stats because of his last name. So I want to see what he does in the end of the season. That's it. I'm not going to fucking lose my shit over this. And Ronald Acuna, I I mean I. Then why do we I'm even have surprised. it on this? Because it was a slow week. Yeah, exactly. And you want to keep talking. You want to do 10 minutes on this. So what do you want me to say? <laughs> I want you to say that he's a false prophet. And that... Was, no, he's not no, a false prophet. Damn it. No, damn it. <laughs> oh, what movie is that from? Oh, come on. My name is Daniel Plainview. And this is my boy, John. Oh, oh my God. I haven't seen There Will Be Blood in the long time, dude. There we go. Time, I does want it, you. Uh, does this does it still hold up? You know, I've been wanting to watch it too because somebody, yeah. somebody just told me they watched it recently too, and it, instantly as soon as they talked about it, I just started going, "I've abandoned my boy." Yeah, I've abandoned my boy. Yeah, what is no? Um, but that's the line he tells him, and he's like, "I want you to say that Jesus is a false prophet." Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen it in so long. I, that line doesn't even. Uh, it's when uh, um, I, th- I want to say like five years ago I saw it. It's when what's his name? Um, Okay, this is the baseball podcast. Let's keep it moving. Anyway, we'll do moving uh, on. The I, 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 I think I know. I think I know what you're talking about. I think I know the the part of the movie you're talking about. Um, let's move on to A's news. Jesus Lazardo, um, he has been uh, in rehab, pitching for the Aviators, um, down in Las Vegas. Um, he's pitching well. Uh, Julio, you read that potentially they they might move him to the bullpen, which is not something that I support, especially with how well how not well. Frankie has been pitching after two innings, but wh- where did you read that at? Paul Dano. It's Paul Dano when they're at the bowling alley and he's trying to tell them that. <laughs> yeah, so there's some speculation about it. Even I, I, I can't get the specific leaks in front of me, but even um, Bowmel was saying that that's a possible consideration. And it makes sense just because, one, the bullpen is extremely struggling. Even look at today where you have, you know, Yusmeira Petit, our consistent rock, gave up two runs. Uh, Deakman had some terrible command today. And, and after such a great start, too. 
Yeah, Bowmel said uh, initially will be coming back as a, uh, a reliever. It's not going to be a long-term solution. I think it's yeah. more so they're hurting really bad in the pen right now, and he seems like a decent stopgap guy just so he can kind of get the reputation in. And he's we saw what he did in 19. He performs excellent in that role. Um, but I, I think the bigger thing is, like, you already said it, and it was kind of a more of a talking point too, is, like, Montas, I think, is a guy who needs to go to the pen. And you've already said he's lights out two, three innings, and then that's it. Yeah. And he's also, he has experience in the bullpen. Before his, like, breakout year two seasons ago, where he went on that run before he got suspended, he was a bullpen guy. I mean, he was, like, a he was a um, journeyman bullpen guy, but he was, like, up and down in our organization for, like, three years. And he, I, I don't even, like, I was a little shocked to see that he was a starter that season um, his breakout year because I was like, isn't he a bullpen guy? He normally comes out the bullpen and he didn't really pitch very well at the, bull, at the bullpen back then. But something about his mechanics and control and whatever that have gotten better the past couple of years that like he's been a really good starter when he's good. But yeah, he's just like, he just, you know, he's not reliable. And like, I need, I would rather, because like the starting rotation is the thing that we kind of like, it's kind of grounding us right now because the bullpen's so bad. So I would rather have guys who we can rely on there and just kind of, kind of try and figure it out in innings eight and nine, preferably, but potentially seven, you know, rely on, and then we can focus on guys that we trust in the bullpen for that. But now, um, yeah, I can't, I just, I, I'm not down for like just potentially giving up a loss every couple days, um, and risking in the third inning, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Because, uh, unfortunately, that's kind of been the reality with some of these starters over this course of time. Think about, you know, um, Cole Irvin's been so consistent. He had a bad outing against the Astros, and then he had another bad outing the other day. And he only lasted like four and a third or four and two-thirds inning. And when that happens, well, your bullpen's kind of blown the shift the rest of the day. You pretty much got to hope that this guy can at least hold it. That's what happened to Frankie on Monday, where it's like, yeah, he went six innings. But and he, thankfully, he was able to minimize the damage. He only stayed at four runs on there. But still, yeah. the reason he stayed in there was because there's no arms right now. A lot of these guys are beat up or they're unreliable. Um, I will say though, shout out to uh, Camber Drosian, who uh, somebody tweeted it out. Uh, oh, Shane Ruman actually tweeted with Camber Drosian and James Caprillion, the A's have like a very strong Armenian representation now. It's like that's pretty tight. Um, That's pretty cool. But he threw two scoreless innings, or two hitless innings, I'm sorry, on his mm. first appearance in the major. So, like, and you know how the the bullpen the coaches do, are, are when it comes to finding that hidden talent, bringing some back out of them. Um, yeah. But Melissa Lockhart even tweeted earlier, she's like, they got to make a move. Like, the fact they even beat Riders already, like, they got to make a move. They're like, I don't know if there's going to be an Octavio Dotel on the market kind of thing. But it's getting to the point where um, you can't just keep relying on Petit. His arm's going to fall off at some point. You can't yeah. rely on Diekman every other day because I think command is still an issue. And then Lou, mm. Lou was so hot, and then he's kind of regressing a little bit. So it's interesting. And, and Romo had like a solid week and a half, and then he just fucking gave up like, what was it, like three runs the other day? And just like, oh, God, okay, we're back to square one with him. That's I think just everybody's season, roles man. are also yeah. I think everybody's roles are also um, all over the place too because without Trevor Rosenthal, I think people you know guys didn't know that they are kind of have to go into this role when they get there. And I don't know how much that does mentally on you, but if you go an entire preseason and then two weeks, what was it, a week before your closer goes out and you're just like, oh fuck, all right. It's like you know next man up mentality is is great, but sometimes it's just kind of a mind fuck. Um, but yeah, I I know, dude. I agree. I think even Birch I think, was having I think some the, issues. Yeah, yeah. I think the move is definitely at the deadline. Some bullpen help. Yeah, and like guys like Coleric that we traded for and we kind of hope for, they're not fucking panning out, dude. That's the most annoying part. Like, I was super pumped about the Coleric trade, and then this shit is happening. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Right, we'll there, I think. The good thing is, too, there's still a surplus of arms in Vegas. And and yeah. for the avi- aviators. Well, not- 
Yeah. We'll see. Uh, for the aviators, not the A's, is that what you say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, we'll see, man. Our farm system's so depleted, though. You know? It's just... I don't know. I don't know. We need some help somewhere. AJ Puck would be a nice little little help, so hopefully... I think it sounds like he's coming back soon, too, but... That'd be fucking huge. Um, all right. Next piece of news. Me and Julio went to a game. It yeah. was a blast. Yeah, we did. Um, we hung out in the outfield bar for a little bit that was, like, closed. <laughs> so we... I don't know. It was weird. Um, your, your girlfriend, Ed Whitney, got, like, the perfect video right when Aramis Garcia hit a home run. We just turn around and just fucking massive high five. So we're going to use that video all the time now on our Twitter page whenever something cool happens. But it was dope. It was dope being at a game. This was my second game of the season. Um, rules are a little bit more lax at Angel Stadium compared to the A Stadium. There's a lot, there was a few more people there, too. Um, but it was fun. I got harassed by Angel fans on the way out, though, because I was being an obnoxious A's fan. We had just won, and I'm, like, chanting, let's go, Oakland, being a dick. And then, like, Angel fans were like, oh, is it is it Oakland? I thought it was Vegas or Portland or wherever. And I just told them. My response to them was, um, yeah, man, it's a pretty bad situation. Almost as bad as having Trout for 10 years and nothing to show for it. Oh! <laughs> they shut up immediately. It was great. <laughs> From the top yeah. rope. Yeah. I mean, it's true. They have one playoff appearance. The best player in baseball. Any thoughts, concerns, or comments on the on your, your ballpark experience, Julio? Damn, <laughs> I'm just kind of collecting my thoughts. Um, no, nah, man, it was it was it was an awesome night. You know, saw you saw Ronnie, good mm-hmm. friend of the pod. We got to hang out with him for a little bit. Uh, of course, the A's smashed that night. It was awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I will say, yeah, the co- it was even though we're both fully vaccinated, it was super lax. But also, like, it was a month and a half since. You went to your last game. Um, yeah. That's, you know, as I, I as much as I missed baseball and person and the whole experience, um, I kind of forget just like how trashy that stadium is and just how. Oh, yeah. I, and I understand, look, we have no room to talk. Apps 1000%. Uh, mm-hmm. But like there's no vibe to that stadium. The vibe is a monster energy drink sign in center field. <laughs> and the the waterfall that's taken up valuable real estate in their in their yes. outfield bleachers. And I also brought up so uh, with my group. I know you went with Jackson, Jackson, and who else was with my buddy Dimitri? Yeah, my buddy Dimitri. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it was myself and Whitney, our friend Rochelle, um, one of her friends, and then her brother was there, and her and his his wife, and his brother's lifelong Angel fan. Um, you know since. Uh, he's he's in his early 40s so yeah like lifelong angels fan and i turned yeah. back to him when the rally monkey started and i'm like why do you guys still do this yeah and he's like i hate it he's like i don't yeah. like it in the first place like i don't know why they still do this after no one even years. fucking remembers it dude <laughs> like except for angel fans like it's the yeah the fact that they're still holding on to it i don't get it um but besides that yeah it was awesome it was my second yeah. baseball game of the year, uh, but first time seeing the A's in almost two years, and I, I had a really good time. Um, and I think, oh yeah, you went to Dodger Stadium. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think to close it out too, uh, you and Ronnie making it in the last minute to snag a beer before they. Come I was off. just about to say that. I was like, dude, we, so we went, we we ran down and we went to one, and the manager walks up. Nope, nope. No more beer. Hey, don't sell them anymore. Hey, we're closing it up. That's it. And then we run around the other corner to the Coors Light like uh, bar in out in the outfield, and we're like, "Are you guys still selling beer?" Like, "Uh, yeah, hurry up right now, right now." And we're like, "Fuck yeah, let's go." We got it right in the last minute. Uh, yeah, it was pretty dope. All right. Well, I think it's uh, time for a little break a rooski. Uh, break a rooski. Break a because. Mm-hmm. We're gonna need to refill our drink for this coming segment. This you you sounded like Clark Griswold, like you just like it's just so very like dad vibe. Break a rooski. Let's have a break a rooski, I mean, guys. My, my Instagram handle handle is Julio Griswold. There you go. All right, so stick around. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, A's fans, um, baseball fans in general. If you are joining us for the first time from the Around the Diamond Baseball Podcast Network, this well, is the now. where we talk where we talk um, A's baseball specifically. But we love all baseball. Um, I'm sure if you are listening to this for the first time and you found about found out about us from um, ATD, um, you're probably listening because you probably want to hear us talk about what we're about to talk about dave cavill on this was monday this was monday the first yes monday tweeted out a video of him at a golden knights playoff game talking about the atmosphere and how much fun he was having very vibrant game uh video and he posted this smack dab in the middle at the A's game that night. Um, Many people saw it, obviously. Um, Many people knew that he had plans to attend um, Vegas and Portland this week to look at shit. And I guess some groups were going to show him around about, you know, stadium sites and whatnot. But let's just say that this rubbed... 90%, 99% 90%, 99% of Ace fans the wrong way. Um, he's definitely not going, it's very much in your face, it's very much slap in the face to a lot of us. Um, it just feels like he says one thing about he's trying to make it work with Oakland and then he just kind of like throws that up there to just be like, fuck you. I don't know. You Julio has a lot stronger feelings on this than I do. I don't. He when he first sent it to me, I mean, I my, my I've come around a little bit, but when Julio when when you first texted it to me, my response was, "Yeah, if I had the choice to go to a a, a NHL playoff game or a minor league baseball a regular season minor league baseball game, I would choose the NHL playoff game ten times out of ten. But then again, I don't own a professional baseball team that is on the move potentially. So, but that's just me. Yeah. So, um. Where do I start? I think one, I, I will say, he's, he's, people have been saying this for a long time and we should have really kind of bought into this. He, he's a carny. He's, he's a con artist. Like this guy has been kind of spewing out rooted in Oakland and all of his little like dad, funny tweets or like, you know, ducks on the pond, ducks even though every pond, time, shit. every time he'd say it, days would not score um and at the end of the day look he's a business he's doing his job he's a business he got hired to do that job that that is that he's he is not the owner he is ownership hired him to to do this because the ace team owner is a bitch and doesn't have the courage to talk to the media members because he just is a coward i guess and doesn't want to do that um but that being said, it's really disappointing because this guy has done a lot of investment into the Ace fanhood where a lot of people were firm believers in it. And like, all right. And even when the statement came out, the way it was articulated, all right, we get it. Like, you just got to do your thing, whatever. But like to tweet that out during the middle of a game when your team is losing, who, who oh, by the way, the Golden Knights were up 3-1 in that series. They've lost two consecutive games ever since that tweet. Um, but And then also, earlier tonight, he tweeted that he was in the Elon Musk Boring Company tunnel in Las Vegas, which is the biggest waste of space possibly in the history of mankind because, hey, let's build a tunnel and have a car go through it instead of, you know, multiple cars like a subway. Anyways... Um, yeah, it, it's just, he's just a fraud. He's just something that we really should have been aware of. And all he's really doing is he's putting pressure on the city of Oakland. And he was on the starting nine podcast earlier today with Dallas Braden and, um, and Jared Carabas. And pretty much he was saying, he's like, this is just putting some pressure on the city. Like I am doing these things. I'm at a playoff game. I went through Elon Musk's little stupid tunnel thing. Um, and also got to say, too, we tweeted this out the other day. 
what did he think was going to come out of this? Wow, look at this playoff atmosphere. Have you never been to like a playoff game in the Bay Area? I don't like that doesn't make sense. Like you've been you I'm sure you were there in 2019 when the A's hosted the wild card game. Didn't go well, but hey, that same sort of energy was there at the beginning of the game. Did you never go to any Sharks playoff games? You've since you're from the South Bay and you spend your time there. Did you never go to any of the Warriors games over the last five years when they won three titles in five years? Did you never go to any of the Niners playoff games throughout all these years? Like, what the fuck do you think we do in the barrier? You've been to A's games when there's 10,000 people there and it sounds like 30,000. Like, what did you think crowds like that sound like? Oh, competitive games in Oakland. Yeah, we have competitive games in Oakland all the time. They get louder, just as loud as that. It's just like... I a, mean, yeah. You nailed it on the head, though. He's doing it to send a message to the city, being like, yo, it's looking pretty cool. A little and, enticing. Oh, and guess what? The Raiders are, you know, they're my team. It and look, it took me, a, I'm sure you're in the same boat. It took me a long time to kind of go over that hill with the Raiders when they, when we knew they were going to leave. I, it was, and it just took me some time. And I realized, I think for me, Raiders are very much more about the symbol. They had already left before. Like my dad used to go to or LA Raider games all the time. And, um, it's like if that happens with the A's, like, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. Like, I, like I don't know if I can support another team over there. You know what I mean? And like, I don't oh, know if I can like, support. I don't know if it, it 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 would it would be really tough. But like it to me to the difference between the Raiders and the difference between the A's at this point for I guess probably more realization is that. I mean, Mark Davis doesn't have the money to, like, fund his own stadium, which is why he couldn't do it in Oakland. It's why he went to Vegas, where there someone offered him money, an ownership group, so they couldn't have, you know, whatever. Whatever the deal is he made. The A's owner is has plenty of money, and he, like, still is asking for public money. You know, it's not for the building the stadium itself. It's for community outreach, but still. And if he's going to move over that and just, like, really just, like, chump change every single little dollar like he's done his entire ownership i feel like i would be able to get over that easier than i would be able to get over the the raiders you know what i mean like i tried with the raiders i watched i made it a point the year that they were the year before they were going to move when they decided i like told everybody about this i was i you know i was going to watch the niners and i was going to watch the packers and i was going to see which team i connected with and liked more and i was that was whichever team i decided to pick that was going to be my new team but i still found myself watching the raiders and i feel like it was more of a acceptable excuse to be like you know like it this hurts but you know at least they had their reasons there's no reason for the a's absolutely no reason it's just fucking horseshit yeah and to pull this bullshit too i hear what you're saying about cavill like maybe we should have saw this early but like it's i mean the dude's just doing his job so his job was to try and bring fans to the game um get you know f the fan base excited for what the product they're going to put on the field until the new stadium came and then the new stadium is not coming so now his you know his boss told him let's go find a new stadium so he's just doing his job so it's just like i don't i don't can't hate on the guy too much I'm, I'm pissed off but i can't hate on him too much and i think the whole reason i brought up this point with the raiders was for this this article surfaced earlier <clears throat> actually surfaced yesterday uh where by brendan coffee oh it's interesting if there's any relation there anyways um yeah. yahoo sports wrote for the second time in six months nevada's clark county has to pull millions of dollars from reserve funds to meet a payment on the Las Vegas Raiders one-year-old stadium. Yeah. Uh, the county disclosed the regulatory fillings that it will make an unscheduled draw of $11.7 million from one of the reserve banks, backstopping the $645 million in bonds issued in 2018. The county has $16 million payment due on the bonds for June 1st. Um, they're one year in, and they're already asking for money. That being you know, obviously... Having no fans COVID there, season, man. that's a big part of that all. Yeah, absolutely. But what does that do if, and Nevada, specifically Vegas and kind of those um, 
uh, the little sister cities kind of surrounding Vegas, is a huge growing community, not just with sport, just a lot of people moving out there, especially yeah. in this last year where... Um, Jackson's parents just moved out there. Yeah. Uh, I have to look up fastest growing cities, but it's like, what's going to happen when you start getting this population out there? And then it's like, why are we paying so much in taxes? Like the reason I left California was so... I wouldn't have to pay as high tax. Oh, I'm paying taxes because the Raiders owe money on their stadium. Oh, and the A's are trying to move here. Yeah. It's like it, it they're it's to the point now where I think we talked about this last week, or if I said this to you a sidebar, what was like, dude, the Miami Marlins are paying the city of Miami is paying taxes on that stadium until 2050. Yeah, like that—that's not fair. When you know John Fisher is a multi-billionaire, where you should just have an investment group that you can pay this shit out of your pocket. It needs to like there needs to be something in the U.S. that like outlaws stadiums from or own like owners of professional franchises from having a taxpayers to pay for money. And it's so yeah, yeah and it's so. I stupid. mean, Bill Simmons and, said it best. Uh, I think that owners should pay for or billionaires should pay for their own fucking football stadiums he said it best in his commercial for his his hbo show it was great yeah it's it's ridiculous and it's like if you're a resident of vegas or you're in henderson or if any of those little towns around there like the draw the appeal of another franchise there it it's awesome but at the same time it's just like the cities these cities are blowing up around you you're having a, a new culture change there more or less and then now you're gonna have to pay for the taxes for seats that games are especially with raider games you're not even going to be able to attend some of those raider games yeah. the cheapest tickets like a thousand dollars yeah I, I, I looked them up pretty recently it's it's absolutely fucking absurd i'm i will never be able to go to a raider game it's it's just a fucking joke unless it's a preseason game and i don't want to go to a fucking preseason game it's fucking preseason well my favorite brother armando uh, actually got season tickets, so. Uh, Is he gonna to sell them to me for face value? Because if not, he can go fuck off. I'm not paying a thousand dollars to him for to have his tickets. Oh, he's a big fan of the pod. We'll, 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 don't worry. We'll, we'll, All we'll, right. All right. But well, anyways, <laughs> besides the point. Um, yeah. I feel like we got lost track of it, but yeah, it's just like why? Why? It's just very propagandish. Dave Cavell at the end of the day is the Cavill's doing his job, and I get it. But goddamn, was it tone deaf? And if this worked, then, you know, good for his strategy. But if it doesn't work, then you can never show your face in the East Bay again. It's just very passive aggressive. So, like, the post game, I'm sure a lot of Ace fans saw this on Twitter. The post game show, um, Brody Brazil and Bip. Uh, Roberts ended the show with, um, you know, Brody said that our producers want us to comment on um, this tweet that Dave Cavill put out and they just walked off the set. And I think that explains about as perfectly as any Ace fan can have it explained. It's just, it's just so passive aggressive and just, it's like, it's like the guy in your, in your, in your, in your group of friends who is like just very pass aggressive, but he like, you know, you don't really respect him, but he's just like, he's just part of your friend group. But he, you know, he just, he, he's kind of the guy you like talk shit about behind his back, but it's just like, yeah, you know, he just hangs out with us and he's cool sometimes, but like no one really likes him. Like that's what it feels like. Cause he tries to pull shit like that, you know? Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm fucking Sick of talking about it. And I'm sick of fucking people hitting me up and asking my opinion about it, to be honest with you. I'm just so burnt out on this whole conversation. Like, it, it, it It is. And it's to the point where, like, it's even hard to watch. It's starting to get hard to watch games. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I, I was with... Um, I was with some friends last weekend, and uh, one of them, like, I hadn't seen him in a little bit, and he goes... Yeah, man, what's going on with the A's, man? They're trying to to move, and I'm just like, dude, it's a long story, and I just like, I just don't. I'm so burnt out on talking about it. Like, I just don't. Just you know, if you want to hear my opinion, I put out a podcast two weeks ago. Go listen to it. <laughs> That's we, that was that was my get response. the listens up. We're trying to get paid for this. Yeah, yeah. Even if you just play click for 15 seconds, it's more than enough. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or yeah. Uh, but <laughs> no, also the other thing, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing too. 
before we kind of move on, because I feel like we're, we sound just both exhausted from this. During the pod yeah. uh, with Dallas on starting nine, they asked him, are you going to Portland? Do you plan on going to Portland? Yada, 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 yada. And he's like, no, we're not going. Whatever. But then uh, a a sports writer for Portland, I, I don't know the specific name off the top of my head, but you can Google it or look it up on Twitter. Um, but this beat writer pretty much is like, no, he's, uh, we're calling bullshit. He's plan. They're planning on coming up here like this week or next week kind of thing. And he'll probably be at a Blazers playoff game. Yeah. And people, and that's what everybody was doing Monday night. They're lining it up like, oh yeah, game three the, uh, is going to be this Friday. So, oh, maybe you're going to get tickets for that, Dave. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, I, I would rather have him go to Portland than Vegas. I know it's closer, but just I can't lose two teams to the same city. I'm not going to get into that. All yeah. right, let's move on. Let's uh, let's talk about let's some actual baseball. Yeah, so we're going to preview the coming schedule. Um, the Angels are in town, um, so we get another nice little – we talked about this last week, how we have like a nice little two-and-a-half-week buffer where maybe we can – I mean, they fucked up against Mariners this past – three days but maybe we can like you know add some wins to the total and also um um get that run differential up again and it looks like it's working out a little we are creating distance but that's because the yankees just whooped um the astros which is or no the dodgers, dodgers. Just whooped the astros so that's nice so they're falling a little bit and we're going up so that's, i think, I think nice the astros little, thank you dodgers i think the astros pulled it off tonight but let me see oh well whatever um, and then we're going to Seattle um, at the end of the week. Um, Julio, who is your player of the week this week? Uh, before we jump into that, too, tomorrow night, as in Thursday night, it's showtime. Otani's on the mound. So much watch TV there, man. Must watch TV? Yeah. Uh, my oh. player of the week, and I think you probably saw this coming because I tweeted about this, and I've been somebody who's been writing his case for a long time, so maybe I should keep doing this because it keeps happening. Uh, Tony Kemp. I'm sorry, man. You've been killing it lately, and I, I think now we got to give you your, your roses and kind of give you recognition. Had a homer. He hit a home first run. Home run with the A's, man. First home yeah. run with the A's. Electric stuff. Uh, he hit six for fifty over the last seven days. He's hit six for fifteen. He had a double, a triple, home run. He's got two RBIs. He got caught stealing. He walked three times, and most importantly, in our book, he only struck out once. Uh, he's been nice, electric. Uh, he's getting more wise. playing time too yeah he's getting more playing time um if he can maintain this for like a month span i think that will kind of ease the nerves of that infill depth problem we've been talking yeah. about for a while uh so i just want to give him the credit where credit's due man he's really been hitting well lately uh it's he's been it's been great because maybe his, he heard our pod and he got pissed when we were talking yeah about his brother all. liked one of our or somebody in this family liked the tweet that we put out with mm. him saying, like, oh, we owe you an apology. But, like, if you think about the, like, effect of if he hits well, and it's, like, cool. If Tony Kemp hits well, that means Jed gets a day off. Because yeah. that means Elvis gets a day off because you can slide Pinder over to short. That means Chappie, Chappie gets, gets a day, day off. off. Yeah, Chapman got a day Chappie off. Chappie has played. He got a day off he, he, today, today, right? But he yeah, had played so. every single game this season. He very much mm. needed a day off. It was last night, but like that, like that effect yeah. of just well, last night. if you can rely on somebody like that for depth and they can hit consistently and play good defense. He had an excellent play last week, yeah. Um, and he, he's 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 just been doing a lot that we, what we've needed from that position. So Tony Kemp, keep it up, man. Appreciate it. Old job, good job, Tony. Uh, mine, I, I, you know, I wanted to take the obvious one and Ramon, but instead I'm going to just stick to my theme of the podcast. Big game, James, <laughs> baby, <laughs> or as Simone McCarthy would call him cap, um, killing it. He just, he's on a fucking high. He's doing so well. I, all the reasons what I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, he, I mean, he just three lights out starts. I want him to keep going. I want him to be the rookie of the year so bad. Um, even though, dude, Seth Brown's kind of making a case for being rookie of the year. He leads all rookies in home runs right now, which is kind of cool. Uh, uh, Garcia, the dude from the Rangers does. Sorry to fact, sorry to fact check you on that high, but he's. Uh, well, okay. So then, so then when he hit his home run, um, on, uh, Friday, he was leading rookies 
all rookies and home runs. Um, Seth Brown. I didn't even know Seth Brown was a rookie. So apparently he never made it. He was always uh yeah. I don't know. Apparently he's a rookie. Anyway. Um. Uh. But yeah, I am. I'm gonna take uh Mr. Um Big Game James. You're my player of the week. Great job. Um. Can't wait to see you pitch again next week. And it. That's, I think the biggest thing too is throughout this stretch. He's been pa- he's been facing some really good offenses. Like what he did in Boston, Boston. his first career start, insane. Um, mm-hmm. uh, with Seattle, I made the comp to like, they remind me a lot of like the 2014, 2015 Astros, where it's like they're super young, but like, just wait, man, they're going to be scary. Actually, yeah, that's years. a good like, comparison. There. I like that. I like that comparison. That's a good comparison. Um, and then I'm trying to look up who his other start was. Detroit. No. He didn't get. He didn't get a win on that start. By the way. Oh, it was the Angels. Angels. Yeah. But Angels. He pitched well. No too. decision, which sucks. But yeah, he pitched really well. Um. All right. Who's your ETT? Essential tailgate tool of the week. Oh, last week. Duh. Uh, Chris. I had Jed Lowry. He didn't really play very much. Um. I don't know why. He's not hurt. So I. I think because just they're riding the hot hand. You think? Julio just going with Tony Kemp. Maybe he didn't have a terrible week though. Um, he went six. No, for, he went six for twenty-seven. Uh, here, let me bring up the exact numbers in front of me. I just had him here. Uh, I got it. Don't worry. All right. Um, he went six for twenty-seven. That is not correct. Okay, never mind. I don't have the game splits up here. Oh wait, just kidding. Oh wait, no. I can game go one. do mine this real quick while we're looking this okay, up because this. Matt Chapman. Uh, he did not homer in the one game I went to. Uh, but on top of that, he went one for 22. He struck out seven times. He walked five times. Um, he had a homer, though. He didn't. Yeah. Chappie did not have a good week this last week. Um, yeah. There is some people are concerned about it. But like historically, he has been a pretty slow starter. And the plus, I don't know if he's actually his at least hitting wise if he's 100 percent there yet because of just having that off-season hip surgery um but yeah i feel like i'm on a cold streak when it comes to the ett's man yeah he might need some more like some more rehab or something like that just didn't get enough time who knows i don't really know enough about hip injuries uh so jed did not have the greatest week um and he did play a lot i forgot that he dh'd quite a bit um but his batting average went down a lot since um the series against um houston but you know you win some you lose some so we're both losers on that one all right who's your essential tailgate tool of the week for this week julio um i'm going to go ahead and make a delivery order but it's going to be through ups because i think brown's going to be delivering seth brown i project him he's my ett this week um, dude as, he has really turned it around man i like he's a, i really like him as our as our uh fifth or fourth outfielder now yeah he's and he's honestly making the argument where um piscotti has not had a great year so far i know he's battling some injuries but he's hitting below 200 at this point and seth brown has really kind of continued that sh- hitting trend he did in his short time in 2019 um mm-hmm. I think if he can show another solid week of production this coming week and over this next couple of weeks, really, I wouldn't be shocked if that's going to be our everyday right fielder and it's going to be kind of uh, Ramon and Brown up there. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far yet. I don't know. I feel like Pinder would earn that spot more um, before Brown, but Brown, I don't, I, yeah, I mean, dude, the Brown has been hitting the shit out of the ball, which is like really cool. And he, dude, he hits big home runs in big moments. Like when you need it, he's fucking hitting them out the park. Like when it's a tie game or when it's a, when you were down by one, we're in like the seventh inning and we really need to like kind of get some momentum. He fucking hits a solo bomb and it's just like completely turns the team around and they start like coming out just guns a blazing after that, you know, like something about like his chemistry, just bringing his fire to the clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, real quick, sad attack for you. In uh, the last sad week, he's hitting, he's hitting 333, three home runs, eight RBIs, two walks, four strikeouts. It's my fucking guy right there. Yeah. So, Brown, you're my guy. Keep it up. 
totally turned around. I I totally have turned around my opinion on him. Okay, mine is gonna be Cam Bedrosian. Um, uh, we need some reliever help. I really think that he can be that. Um, he d- had a pretty good outing today. Uh, or not today. Yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. I had a long day at work today. I'm totally blanking on my days. It doesn't I don't matter. Blame you. Um. Um, I think we definitely need some new blood in this in this um in this bullpen as well. So if he comes up and he starts doing if he starts pitching well, I, it's just contagious like that. You know what I mean? Like like winning like they say winning is contagious. Like success is contagious with a pitching staff. And I think that if he starts pitching well, you know other guys you know Birch is gonna turn around a little bit more. Petit's gonna you know well Petit's been fine. Deekman will turn around. Trevino will turn around. Romo will turn around. At least. You know, some relief until guys like Wendelkin comes back or 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 Puck comes back, where we can get some legitimate relief. You know what I mean? And who knows if he does well, maybe he stays up there. Maybe Guerra go down and go and Gudan go down because I fucking hate both of them. Every time they come in a game, I'm just like, oh god. Um, so as long as he can, uh, you know, I I just think he's gonna be crucial this coming week. Yeah, I love that pick. Um, I think they're really gonna rely on him throughout for this next couple weeks while guys are kind of figuring out what the, you know, you talked about the puck and with potentially Lazarda coming to the pen, he's going to be big. But also, uh, I just learned this cam's middle name rock. You're kidding me. That's his Cameron real name. Rock Bedrosian. That's fucking sick. So that his, is so dope. So his dad uh, if you didn't know this, I, I didn't know this until like the last couple years of played MLB the show more because his, his dad is actually like a relief. He was a reliever like back in the eighties and nineties. He was an all-star in 87, Steve Bedrosian, but his nickname was bedrock. <laughs> so he named his middle, his son's middle name rock. That's fucking great. That is epic. Especially cause I just listened to the rewatchables episode of the rock. So now, um, the movie, the rock, um, oh hell yeah! So yeah. Oh here, uh, here's a great sign if you're how Bay Area you are. Have you been to Alcatraz? No, I haven't actually. I have so not you, been. Yep, to there you go. Me neither. That's what tells you that. Oh, that's when you know you're from. Yeah, the that's, Bay when you, that's when you're from. You've never been to Alcatraz. I know so many people. But have you Have you been to Angel Island? Yeah, of course. Field trip. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> you get, you're, if your if your school your school can afford Alcatrazville trip, you're going to Angel Island. Uh, have you been to one last one? Have you been to Sausalito? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've I went there, there for I went there for Boy Scouts. We um we rode bikes from Pier Thirty Nine in San Francisco, um to um across the the Golden Gate Bridge to um. Uh, Sausalito, and then we took the ferry back over to like Pier like twelve or whatever it is. Um, it's a do- it was a dope trip. But it, I, had I not done that, I never would have done it. Wow, that's what? weird. So I I I googled Sausalito real quick just to make sure I was getting my North Bay city correct, <laughs> and I was I was right or I was off a little bit. But yes, I've been through there. They have a magical family winery tasting room in Sausalito. Oh, oh, oh! You said magical, magical winery. I thought you said magical, and I was like, "No, magical, magical." Yeah, no way. They have a magical. The magical winery has a tasting room. That's fucking sick, dude. I should. I wonder if my dad knows that. My dad's like obsessed with that winery because it's our last name. Um, wow. But yeah. All right. Well, I, I have to go now. Now that I'm 21, yeah. I have to go. Um, all right. That's you're, you're more than 21, guy. <laughs> well, I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm turning 30 next weekend. So um, give me shout outs for my birthday, everybody. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, but when I did that in Boy Scouts, you're, I wasn't 21. So why the fuck would I care to go to the water? It doesn't matter. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Don't forget to follow us on all of the platforms. Subscribe, rate, and review. Please subscribe and rate us, uh, whatever platform you listen to us on. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow Around the Diamond. We are a member of their podcast network now. We want to support all their shit so support their shit <laughs> anything anything else julio am i forgetting uh happy memorial day weekend 
Happy Memorial Day weekend. Um, last but not least, sir. Let's go, Oakland. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Oakland. Keyword there, Oakland. Fuck you, Dave Cavill. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal. <laughs> And my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.